up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And once there, just mark your place, hold your place. We'll come back to that passage in just uh, a, a bit, uh, in, a, in just a while. Um, the series is a two-week series, and the series is titled, Help Me. Now, let me ask, is there anyone in the room and you would say, that's my kind of series because I need some help in one or two or maybe a lot of areas in my life? Would you raise your hand if you say, that's my kind of series, help me? Yeah, I think we all have areas in our life where we need a little help. The problem is, in a two-week series, we're pretty limited into what we can do, what we can talk about. So we had to narrow our focus. And in doing so, we chose two really big topics. And everyone that attends will be affected by at least one of these topics. And everybody will learn from both of the topics. So today's message is entitled, Help Me, I'm Single. Are there any single people in the room? Raise your hand if you're willing. This message is for you. But if you're tracking with me, if this week the message is help me, I'm single, then next week, giving equal time, our message is help me, I'm married. Are there any married people in the room? Listen to this. And you'd say, yeah, I just need a little bit of help in my marriage. And you might say, well, what's the motivation behind this? Why take time to teach on marriage and singleness in our services? Well, one, it's biblical. That would be a good reason, wouldn't it? But, but maybe you'd think, um, why not have a conference for all the single people? And, and why not do a, a weekend marriage retreat for all the married people? Because if you think about it, historically, uh, in the life of the church at large, that's been the solution. That's how we've helped both singles and married people. Well, here's an idea. What if instead of dividing the groups, we came together So that we could understand how to value and appreciate one another regardless of our status of life. What if we came together in an attempt to understand how we can better um, celebrate the joys and the challenges that come with both the married and the single life? That's a novel idea, isn't it? You know, unfortunately, um, far too often there's a tension that exists between married couples and singles, uh, particularly within the church. Uh, on one side, uh, married couples often feel that they just can't relate to those people who are single. And on the flip side, oftentimes there are single people and they feel like they just can't connect with married couples. Well, in this series, we want to break through any tension that might exist so that we can learn to support and encourage one another in whatever season of life that we might find ourselves on. So are you on board for the next two weeks? Yes, this is going to be good. Well, let's dive into um, uh, Help Me, I'm Single. And I'd like to start by just offering some statistics. Listen to this. With the increase in the divorce rate... Uh, The increase in the age at which people are getting married for the first time and the fact that people are living longer, uh, singleness is now one of the most widely shared experiences of adulthood. Can you believe that? Listen to these statistics. In 2020, 37% of all U.S. households were either one person or single parent households. 
In 2021, the percentage of adults in the U.S. living with a spouse was just 50%, which was down from 52% 10 years earlier. In 2021, over 37 million adults lived alone, which was up from 33 million in 2011. Finally, according to the census figures, the largest chunk of American households now consists of people who live alone. The Barner Research Group estimates that there are 82 million single adults in America. And of these 82 million single adults, they can be broken down into three groups. The first group is those who have never been married before, and that's the largest group. The second group are those who are divorced, and the third group is those who are widowed. Listen, the statistics do not lie. And singleness is not something that can be taken lightly. It cannot be ignored in our culture, and especially, listen to this, in the church. This is something that we must pay attention to. We must learn how to understand. We must learn how to support. Um, I've often wondered if it's possible uh, that um, single people can actually really get frustrated with us married people. And I think the answer is yes. And I think one of the reasons is because of some of the crazy and insensitive things that we can say in trying to console them in their singleness. I'd like for you to watch this video to hear some of the things that we can come up with. How are you still single? There's someone out there for you. Jesus is your boyfriend now. Meet and greet's coming up. You know what to do. The key is to act like you don't care. It happens when you don't expect it. Who are you bringing to the wedding? If I was a girl, I'd date you. Who can we set you up with? Sorry, couples only. Have you tried internet dating? She looks single. You know who else wasn't married? Paul. All single ladies, all single ladies, come on. Happens when you're not looking. Work on your smile. Be single. You know who else wasn't married? Jesus. It's okay to be a fifth wheel. Maybe if you give a guy one of your ribs, he'll give you a wife. You should change your facial profile picture. You know who else wasn't married? Matthew. No, he was married. You should be my cousin. Just pray about it. Pray harder. This series is on marriage. You don't need to pay attention. You're not that old yet. You can't settle. You know, you might want to think about settling. We're going to celebrate not having Valentine's Day. If she says, you're like my best friend, that's bad. You should try overflow. Maybe she can see you tied. You know, when you have a wife, you can't play as much Xbox. You should get a dog. Have you asked Jesus for a wife? Are you on Christian Mingle? Have you? Have you tried this? This is good. I have a great book for you to read. It's called the Bible. Jesus is your girlfriend now. Dude, you have to get someone hot, because you're going to be married to them forever. You are going to make such a cool aunt. It's not about you. You know, there's no marriage in heaven. It's all about you. I don't know. Is he a Christian? It's about Jesus. I know people who got married when they were like 70, okay? You're fine. Marriage is like a sandwich. It takes a long time. You're not going to meet your husband at a bar. Do you want to be Jim and Pam, or do you want to be Ross and Rachel? For it is better to be unmarried. Okay, singles in the room, confess, have you ever heard any of those things, any one of those things spoken to you? Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 there's a few hands that are going up. Listen, if we ever hear a single person saying, help, I'm single, maybe what they're really saying is, help, I'm single, and I am over married people trying to console me with your one day my prince or my princess will come type sentiments. I'm just over it. And for those of us in the room who might be guilty, could it be possible 
that we are speaking out of some beliefs, some lies, some myths that we've bought into. I believe the answer is yes, and this morning I want to deal with three of those myths that we may have possibly bought into. Here's the first one. Have we bought into the myth that marriage is the only God-ordained lifestyle? Have we brought into the myth that marriage is the only God-ordained lifestyle? Now, don't be confused. I'm not questioning whether or not God ordained marriage. He did. That God ordained marriage between a man and a woman is an absolute biblical truth. Am I right? Yes, I'm right. However, what I am questioning is whether married or single, have we believed that God's Uh, That marriage is God's only and ultimate plan for every individual. And if so, that is absolutely not true. Scripture affirms singleness. And think about it. We've got some really good models. Think about Jesus. He wasn't married, was he? Think about Paul. Paul wasn't married either. Listen, uh, on one occasion, Jesus and the disciples were talking about marriage. And um, uh, after hearing what Jesus had to say, uh, the disciples responded with something like, wow, that's a really tall order. Wouldn't it be better to just stay single? And then Jesus replied with this, and I want to read to you from Matthew 19, verses 11 through 12. I'm reading from the contemporary English version. It says this, Jesus speaking, only those people who have been given the gift of staying single can accept his teaching. Some people are unable to marry because of birth defects or because of what someone has done to their bodies. Others stay single for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who can accept this teaching should do so. So not only does Jesus model singleness, but he affirms that singleness is an appropriate lifestyle for some individuals. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we find the Apostle Paul addressing matters of marriage. And in doing so, he also talks about singleness. And this is what he says. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So Paul like Jesus, not only models singleness, but he offers singleness as an acceptable lifestyle. So it's true. Uh, We've dispelled the myth. Marriage is not the only acceptable lifestyle. Let's look at another myth, myth number two. Um, In in 2002, uh, one of the most surprising breakout movies of the year was uh, a rom-com called My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Did anybody, do you remember that movie, My Big Fat Greeting? What a great movie. It's incredible. Well, the entire premise of that movie is that uh, in the Greek culture, uh, uh, a young Greek girl finds happiness when she meets a nice Greek boy. And she marries that nice Greek boy, and together they make nice Greek babies. As the movie opens, we find Gus, 
the Greek father speaking to his daughter Tula, the Greek daughter, and he says, you starting to look old, you better get married. You know what his message was? You will not find happiness until you are married. That's not limited to any one culture. That's actually a predominant message of our culture at large today. And perhaps that's why there are so many marriage brokers today. And when I say marriage brokers, I'm talking about the online dating industry. Did you know that there are more than 1,500 dating apps and websites that have been created for the purpose of bringing people together in a match. Um, in, uh, uh, in 2020, there were 44.2 million users of online dating service, and that number is expected to rise to 53.3 million users in the year 2025. Listen, our culture reinforces the myth that if we find the right person and marry them, we will find happiness. As I was preparing the message, I thought this would be a great time to say, uh, if you subscribe to that myth, how's that working out for some of you? You say, not so good. It's just, it's just not working out. So let's dispel this myth. Our happiness, our contentment does not depend on another person. Our happiness, our contentment is not found in a husband It's not found in a wife. It's not found in someone else's husband. And it's not found in someone else's wife. It's not found in a boyfriend. It's not found in a girlfriend. Our happiness, our contentment is only found in Christ and Christ alone. Do you hear that? I'm going to say it again. Our happiness, our contentment is only found in Christ and Christ alone. Can we thank Christ for providing that for us this morning? In Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, um, as Paul is writing to the Philippian believers, he thanks them because of their concern and care for him. Uh, And in doing so, he says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him, Christ, who gives me strength. Paul says, I've learned to find contentment in whatever situation I might be in in life. That would include his singleness. Paul is affirming that contentment is found in Christ and Christ alone. So I want to say this again. Your contentment, our contentment, our happiness is not found in another person. It's not found in a man. It's not found in a woman. 
It's not found in a husband. It's not found in a wife. I'll say it again. It's not founded in someone else's husband. And it's not founded in someone else's wife. It's not found in a boyfriend. It's not found in a girlfriend. It comes from Christ and Christ alone. Because as Paul said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. Uh, One other myth that I think we've too often believed. And the myth is that marriage produces intimacy while singleness produces loneliness. I have been a pastor for nearly 40 years. In fact, this summer in June, it'll be 40 years. And over that 40 years, I have met a lot of people. And as I've met all these people, I've met a lot of married people who are very lonely And I've met a lot of single people who aren't. And I'm sure you have too. Listen, marriage was designed by God for intimacy, for companionship, for friendship, for partnership. But unfortunately, for a variety of reasons and mostly selfish reasons, God's plan for marriage isn't lived out. And as a result, there are a lot of married people who are very lonely. The only way to overcome loneliness is when we pursue first intimacy with God. This is the only way. King David in Psalm 63 presents us with a beautiful picture of what intimacy with God looks like. Listen as I read from the message version. God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God, traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips bring brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. What a beautiful picture of intimacy with God. We were created for intimacy with God and we overcome loneliness in our lives, whether married or single, by pursuing the intimacy that he so desires. It makes me think of Revelation 3.23 where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody will let me in, I will come in and we will have relationship. We will have intimacy in this relationship. Loneliness is overcome when we pursue relationship with God. So there's three myths. Hopefully, we've been able to to dispel these three myths. So as I begin to think about bringing the message to an end... Uh, I want to ask this question. Is it possible to be single and satisfied? Is it possible to be single and satisfied? Um, Earlier, I had you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You probably thought, are we going to look at it or not? Yeah, we are. We're getting ready to do that. Drawing from uh, what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, we're going to see that the answer to the question is yes. 
We can. You can be single and satisfied. Before we look at those verses, uh, we're going to look at verses 32 through 35. Let me give you a little context. Uh, Paul wrote his first letter to the Corinthian church because the reports that came back to him is that things weren't going really well. The church was plagued with problems, problems like division in the church. Uh, they were eating meat that, would been, that had been sacrificed uh, to idols. There were sexual issues going on within the church, and there were problems within their weekly worship gatherings. But he also wrote in response to some questions they had presented him with in a letter that they wrote to him. And in chapter 7, he answers specifically their question about sexual relations in marriage. But in responding to this question, he also addresses the benefits of the single life. For instance, in verse 8, he says, to those who are unmarried and to the widows, uh, it's good to stay unmarried. That is, unless you cannot control your passions, then if that's the case, then get married. In verses 25 through 28, he says, if you're engaged, follow through with that commitment. But if you're not engaged, don't seek a wife. And here's why. Because marriage comes with its own troubles. And I want to save you from those troubles. And all the married people in the room, you're just kind of afraid whether you should comment on that or not right now. So we'll just leave that alone. And then in verses 32 to 35, Paul gives what should not be seen as a war cry against marriage, but instead he presses into the benefits that come with a single life. In other words, he says it is possible to be single and satisfied. So follow along as I read verses 32 through 35 of chapter 7. He says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in her body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Again, this is not an assault on marriage. This is not a war cry against marriage. But he's saying there are benefits to being single. So, keeping in mind... All that Paul has said in verse 7, recognizing that marriage is validated, but he's also offering the single life as an advantageous lifestyle. He also helps us to know that not everyone is equipped for the married life, but not everyone is called to singleness. Having taken all of that in mind, is it possible to be single and satisfied? What can we reflect on if you're single? Can you be satisfied? Here's three things that I want to tell you. If you're single, you should see your singleness as good. Let me say that again. If you're single, you should see your singleness as good. Singleness is not a deficiency. Let me say that again. You are not deficient because you're single. Being single is honorable and it's acceptable to God. You are not incomplete because you are single. You are whole and you have complete ability to function alone in life. Why? Because I can do 
all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Here's the second thing I would want you to know. If you're single, you should see your singleness as a gift. In verse 7, Paul says, each of you has your own gift from God. When he uses the word gift there, it's the same word that he uses when he talks about in depth, when he talks about spiritual gifts. And so what Paul is helping us to understand that uh, both marriage and singleness are gifts from God. So if you're single, listen to this, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have this gift forever But it is the gift that God has given you at this time. And I thought about this and I thought, well, it probably warrants if you're married, it is the gift that God has given you. And this is not an escape from marriage. But if you're single, this is the gift that God has given you for now. So listen, don't compare yourself to other people. Don't wait to start living. Celebrate your singleness And live a life fully devoted to the Lord. Here's the third thing I would say. If you're single, you should see your singleness as a way to bring glory to God. Now, the statement I'm getting ready to make is true of all of us. It's not about us, right? In other words, it's not about me. So if you're single, I'm going to say that to you. It's not about you We are here, you are here to serve God and to serve other people. Consider the life of Jesus. Because he wasn't married, his days were spent teaching and preaching and healing. As a single person, you can spend your time having great impact for the kingdom of God. In fact, all of us are called regardless of our status of life, to use our gifts and our skills and our talents and our abilities to bring glory to God, to expand the kingdom of God, to serve God and to serve others. I love what Jim Elliott says, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. And so with that, I would say if you're here today, and you're single, accept the gift that God has given you for this season of life. Find intimacy with God if you're lonely. Find your contentment knowing that it comes from Christ and Christ alone. Amen? Amen. So I was thinking as I was, how would I bring this message to an end? And I landed on this whole concept of contentment only comes from Christ. And we know that that's something that applies to every person in this room, regardless of your season of life. And so I began to think and wonder and pray, God, is it possible that there would be people here today and um, they're not happy? They're not content they're, they're, they're lonely, they're, they're searching, and it's because they've never actually entered into a relationship with you, God, through Jesus Christ. And so with that today, I want to give the opportunity. I want to give the opportunity that if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, 
I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now to say, this is the answer. This is what you've been searching for. You've tried contentment, finding contentment and happiness in a lot of places, and it hasn't worked. And today, you know something's going on inside of you, and you would say, Jesus, I'm going to commit my life to you, and I'm going to live a life fully devoted to you. I'd like to ask everyone in the room to bow their heads, close their eyes. And I just want to ask that question. Is there anyone in this room and you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, but today you're changing your heart, you're changing your mind, and you're saying Yes, I commit my life to you. Is there anyone here? And if that's so, would you just lift up your hand as I just scan across the room and maybe let your eye catch my eye? Is there anyone here today? Just lift up your hand if you've never committed your life to Jesus. Anyone at all? I'm going to ask you to stand, please. I'm going to pray a final prayer, but also our prayer teams, our altar workers are going to be here today. And if you're here with any need or if you're struggling with something, there's a challenge. I want you to know that you can come forward while everyone else is going out and you can come and you can just share with one of these groups what's going on in your life, and they're not going to counsel you, but they're going to agree with you that the power of Jesus is greater than any situation that you can encounter. They're just going to love on you and bring you before Jesus. So come after the service is over. Father God, thank you for everyone who is here today. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray a blessing, especially over all who would be in this room today who are single. I pray that they would know how much they are loved by you and how whole they are through you and that you have equipped them for this season of life, Father God. So I pray that their contentment and their happiness would increase because they're reaching out to you and to you alone. So Father, we offer ourselves to you. I pray that same blessing over every person in this room. And as we go, may we be full of joy today. And we pray this in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. We're so glad you're here today.